This is the Visit the Zoo podcast, episode number 58, where today we hear about the white rhinoceros and listen to chapter number 5 from Noah. some sounds of the forest in the morning. Underneath, as we introduce you to another episode, episode number 58 of the Visit the Zoo podcast, and I am your host and author of the 12-book, 120-animal Visit the Zoo series of Kindle books, print books, audio books, DVD, and of course, this podcast. And I, again, want to welcome you. Thank you very much for joining us. Our websites are zooanimals, that's plural, zooanimals.info, and also our merch site, where we have a lot of Christmas animal images as well as a lot of gift items that you can purchase. Take a look at it, uh, zooswear.com. Again, that site is zooswear, z-o-o-z-w-e-a-r.com where you'll find links to both the Amazon and the Zazzle stores. I just updated that site and added some new designs, so check that out. Again, at Zooswear, Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R.com. We got a lot going on, so what do you say we get started? And we're going to start off with some animal news here, first of all. We're only going to do one story today because we have a lot of uh, recorded and audio packages ready to go. And this story is from the Hattiesburg American, which is a newspaper in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And the title of the story is What Hattiesburg Zoo Just Did Will Allow Thousands More Kids to Enjoy the wild place. The Hattiesburg Zoo is the first visitor attraction in Mississippi to be certified as a sensory inclusive destination. It held a sensory inclusive launch day on Wednesday for visitors with autism, dementia, PTSD, and other sensory processing disorders. Jamie Hollis always had to have a bag of equipment ready Every time that she and her 11-year-old son wanted to visit the Hattiesburg Zoo, she says that Brody loves animals but has a sensory processing disorder and is sensitive to the multitude of sounds or stimuli the zoo presents. To make sure he has a good experience, we have to bring noise-canceling headphones, Hollis says. He always fidgets and needs something to play with. Now Hollis and Brody can make the spur-of-the-moment trips to the zoo he so desires without their equipment. The zoo has become the first visitor attraction in Mississippi to offer certified resources and accommodations for guests with sensory needs. The Hattiesburg Zoo is the first visitor attraction in Mississippi to be certified as a sensory inclusive destination. The zoo office has special bags equipped with noise-canceling headphones, fidget tools, verbal cue cards, and weighted lap pads. They're available to guests who may suffer from autism, dementia, PTSD, and other sensory conditions. Rick Taylor, executive director of the Hattiesburg Convention Commission, said zoo education staff identified as many as 2,500 children who may need the equipment. 
They really cared about every child getting the most out of every experience to the zoo. The zoo obtained the certification and special equipment from Culture City, Birmingham, Alabama-based group that works on behalf of children with autism. Half of zoo and convention commission staff took an online training on how to recognize guests with sensory needs and handle sensory overload stimulation. There's a lot going on at the zoo, said Laura Leggett, outreach coordinator. We've got the train running, the carousel. It's crowded depending upon the day. And you've got, of course, the animal sounds. And you've got the smells from the concession stand. A lot of input. The zoo is truly a wild place. So that's great, wonderful news. And congratulations and kudos to the Hattiesburg Zoo in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. All right, we're going to present the mystery animal sound, and we're going to follow that up right away with this description. So here we go with the mystery animal sound of the day. Manny looked up at Noah. You ready? 
Noah shook his head. Yep, show me the world. I'm ready. Manny smiled and turned. He walked along the shore, then moved steadily up a small wooded hill. Noah followed dutifully. When they crested the hill, the landscape suddenly and dramatically changed. Noah stopped in his tracks. He was stunned by the abruptness of the environment change. He looked around at a heavily forest view of the hills and a thick stand of bamboo trees in every direction. He turned and took two steps, maybe three, back from where he just came and looked back over the hill. The mountains were gone. The small pond was gone. And the endless row upon row of glorious flowers were gone as well. The view behind was a replica of the view in front. Noah turned back toward Manny, who stepped to study his new friend. Noah, we've moved on to see the rest of the world, at least some of the rest of China. You were in a bamboo forest in Sichuan province. How did you do that? Where the, where's the... How did we jump from one place to another so fast? Is it magic or what? That's a good way to put it. Magic. Follow me. I want to show you something. Manny turned back to a well-worn trail that moved up and down several small hills. The bamboo forest was thick with green, luscious leaves and straight, tall trunks from the trees. As they both began to crest another small hill, Manny slowed and then moved off the trail a bit. Ahead, Manny moved even slower and purposely to several small but tall rocks adjacent to a thick stand of bamboo trees. For all intents and purposes, Noah and Manny were invisible to the creatures below. Not more than 20 feet ahead and a bit below him, Manny enticed Noah to his side. He motioned for Noah to be quiet and crouched down next to him. Noah obeyed and then looked down the hill. His eyes widened. Manny whispered extremely quietly in his ear, even better than the enclosure, Noah, the giant panda before you. And it looks like a young one next to her side. Noah stared down in wonder. He was close and as close to any wild creature he had ever been. He saw the round, familiar face with the black patches of fur over expressive eyes of the mama panda bear and the baby. Both of them were resting contentedly against a series of rock stones shaped perfectly into lounging position. They both were enjoying their favorite food, the meat from a young bamboo tree. They were like machines devouring the pulp and bark, chewing down the length of the tree down to a stub. Noah whispered, Can they see us? Are we too close? No, the wind is at our back, and they are busy eating. That is why they are so chubby. They just sit around most of the day and eat. 
Noah chuckled quietly. But we have to be careful, Noah. They will attack us if they become agitated, or since we are intruding on their territory. A mother with her cub is especially protective. Like any animal species, higher animal species, the mother will fiercely protect their young with aggression or stealth, whatever it takes. They sure are big. They can weigh up to 250 pounds. If they sat on either one of us, especially me, they would squash us for sure. Noah looked around for other pandas that might be nearby. Manny whispered, You won't find any others so close. Pandas are rather solitary. Noah said, That's sad. Maybe, Noah, but that is how they like it. Not many of them are left in the world either. Maybe two or three thousand, and that's it. Why so few? Manny stared down at the magnificent panda. Loss of habitat, several centuries of hunting. Protections are now in place, but it will take some time for them to recover in any number. Both Manny and Noah fell silent as they watched the mama panda finally roll to her four-footed upright position. All of the bamboo was outside of her reach now. She was quietly followed by her cub as they moved off from their rock chairs. They moved up the hill behind them. Manny and Noah watched until they finally disappeared over the hill. Manny stood and was now eye to eye with his still crouching friend. Well, what did you think of that? Noah smiled broadly and said in a normal tone of voice, That was cool. I loved it. I mean, they were like right there. I want to take you even closer to another animal. What? Which? Manny stood. He then turned away from Noah. Simultaneously, the land instantly changed. They were now standing in the middle of a dry plain surrounded by dry, featureless mountains scrawling across the horizon. The wind was up a bit, and it felt suddenly warm to Noah. Not hot, but warmer than the bamboo forest they were just in. Noah was stunned by the abrupt change in the surroundings. How did you do that? Where are we, Manny? Manny stepped closer to Noah. I have a lot of tricks up my sleeve, don't I? Noah shook his head in agreement. Now here's one more really strange-looking animal. Turn around. Noah, wheeled and staring at him right face to face, was an ugly, furry head. Noah shouted, Ah! He stumbled back several feet and saw the full form of a two-humped camel. Manny laughed. Again, his arms were in front of his stomach, typically in meerkat standing position. Noah, I would like to introduce you to. This is Barry, Bactrian Camel. Barry, this is Noah. He is finding his way back home, but thought he would like to stop by to say hello. Barry, Bactrian Camel, looked at Noah straight in the face and pawed the dry desert dirt in front of him, and then nodded his head. He then said in a deep voice, 
Nice to meet you, Mr. Noah. My name is Barry. Noah stumbled back again and cried out, Ah! You talk too, Barry replied. Well, of course, silly. I mean, I'm not stupid. Where are your people? Where do you come from? Noah, mouth still agape, as he considered his unreal situation. A talking meerkat and a talking camel. You have two humps. Why two humps? Camels don't have two humps, do they? Now looking at Manny, Noah asked loudly, Manny, where are we? What is this place? Barry then looked at Manny as well. Too many questions, Brother Manuel. Too many questions. Barry seemed to lose interest and it began again to graze in the clumps of grass at his feet. Manny chuckled. Noah, we are in the Gobi Desert in central China and I wanted you to meet my friend Barry. Barry raised his head again. While chewing, he tried to answer Noah's questions. Noah, Manny is correct. I live in the Gobi Desert and a few other places too. I am a Bactrian camel. I have two humps. Some camels have one hump. I have two humps. Aren't they pretty? Noah relaxed a bit and stepped closer to Manny and Barry. Very pretty. They make you look handsome. Barry stopped chewing for a moment. Well, thank you, Noah. I was hoping you would compliment me. All creatures like to be complimented now and then. It's a very gracious behavior on your part. Thank you. You can make friends quickly when you say and mean it. Well, even if you don't mean it, but it is nice. Barry then bent down for another mouthful of the delicious, scrumptious grass near his feet. Would you like to share my grass, Noah? Noah shook his head. No, thank you. I don't eat grass. Barry said, You eat green things, don't you? I think you call them salads. Yeah, but salads aren't grass. Pretty close. I usually eat dry and salty vegetarian stuff. But this dry grass will do for now. Noah looked around, trying to spot other camels. Barry, where are your friends? Barry looked around as well. Oh, they're around. Few and far between, but they're around. There are only 800 of us left around in the world. Not many, but they're around. Barry, can I pet you? Noah then put his hand out and began to stroke Barry gently. Of course, I would like that. Some of my friends are captive and taken care of by humans. They live in the Gobi Desert. It can really get cold and hot here in the desert, and dry, too. But you know us camels, we can go for a long time without water. I can smell and see good, too from really far away and I like to talk aren't I interesting you know humans they make us do work but that's okay everything and everyone needs something to do I don't do much but graze eat and sleep 
And, uh, oh, excuse me. Manny immediately grabbed Noah's hand and pulled him back. Uh-oh. Step back, Noah, quickly. What? Manny pulled Noah backward just in time. Barry began to pee. It was a strong pee, and it took a long time to complete. It was stronger and lasted longer than Noah had ever seen before. Barry seemed to do that without shame. Manny answered, Let me guess, when you had to go really bad, we have to go. I mean, leave. Barry said, What, so soon? I want to show you what else I can do. Manny held up his hand. Noah shook his head and said, Uh, no thank you. Not today. That's okay. Manny said, No thank you, Barry. We have lots to see and do. Manny and Noah began to back up. Thank you for showing us the desert and your skills. Barry took one step forward. Well, okay, if you must go, go. Will you visit again, Noah? I like humans. They are funny, smart, and some of them sure like to talk, mostly about nothing, but it sounds good anyway. Manny turned and dragged Noah with him. Noah waved. By Mr. Barry, back tree and camel. As they walked away, Noah heard Barry in the distance. There's no thee in my name. It's just Barry, Bactrian, Camel. Oh, okay. Noah looked down at Manny. Manny, did you see that stream he produced? I never saw. Manny stared straight ahead and seemed anxious to move along. Never mind, Noah. Let's change the subject. I can't believe he did that, showing off like that. Noah, where to next? They walked briskly toward the straight line of small pebbles. Noah, jump over these rocks. Well, I, I can just step. There were just a few row of pebbles, Manny, he said firmly. Jump. Noah did, and on the other side of the row of pebbles, they found themselves in a deep, heavily foliaged jungle. It was a typical jungle with heat and suffocating humidity and the type of claustrophobic trees found in any jungle. The jungle was alive with a symphony of sounds from birds, insects, and howler monkeys. Manny, still holding tightly onto Noah's hand, Manny said quietly, Stay close. Manny's alert and cautious behavior made Noah nervous. Noah whispered, What are we looking for? Manny pointed up to a low-hanging tree branch about 25 feet ahead on a tight jungle trail. Manny crouched down. Noah did the same. Noah whispered again, Manny, what are we looking for? Danger ahead. Noah then scanned the leafy branch, but he couldn't see what Manny was talking about. Manny whispered again, I can't see what you're fearful of, Manny. Manny looked ahead. Sometimes when you sense danger, physical danger, you should trust your feelings. Don't let them hold you back, but just trust that built-in caution. 
proceed, but with caution. Manny and Noah then looked ahead at the tree branch. They heard a small crack of a branch and saw some dark movement. Then, like a blinding beacon, they saw two large, bright yellow eyes staring at them. Noah froze. Manny whispered as well, Panthera partis. It's a black leopard. Does he want to eat us? You bet. You and me both. Maybe at the same time. They will eat as many as 87 different species. Anything with a heartbeat. I can't tell from here, Manny. How big are they? That is one big dude straight ahead. Scientists discovered a black leopard that weighed about 350 pounds. They run fast, can catch you in an instant, and like that, drop on their prey from trees, just like that big guy ahead. Noah's heart was pounding in his chest. Are we still in Asia? Yeah, but not for long. Let's get out of here. Does he talk too? You want to get... You don't want to get close enough to try. It will be the last conversation you will ever have. Come on, let's go. He's packed there behind us. But don't run. That will kick in the chase instinct for sure. Noah said, Oh, great. What do we do? How do we get out of here? Manny turned to Noah. Remember, magic. Manny smiled and wiggled his finger in front of Noah's face. And that is a wrap for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that chapter of Noah, an animal adventure fantasy, which you can find as a Kindle book or a print book or as a DVD all on Amazon.com. I want to thank you very much for joining me for this episode number 58 of the Visit the Zoo podcast. And please, as always, subscribe, rate, and review wherever and however you listen to this podcast. Our websites, the main podcast website is zooanimals.info. That's plural, zooanimals.info. My author website is frederickfishman.com. That's F-I-C-H-M-A-N, frederickfishman.com. And all of our merchandise, including all of our great Christmas images and all the gifts and all the goodies you can get as well as apparel, you can find that at either Amazon or Zazzle. But the easy way is to go to my website at zooswear.com. That's Z-O-O-Z-W-E-A-R, zooswear.com. Again, thank you very much for joining me for the Visit to Zoo podcast. And please join me again next week for another episode of Visit the Zoo.